0: Welcome to a new episode of AI Chance. This is a podcast series produced by the law firm of Haynes & Boone and lawyers from its AI and deep learning practice group. The intent is to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Eugene Goryanov, and I'm a partner in the Chicago office of the firm. I'm joined by my colleague Dina Blixtein from our New York office and our guest speaker, Rachel Chalka from TransUnion. Today, for our latest episode, we're going to talk about AI's role in detecting fraud. But before we get started, our standard disclaimer, this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. Uh, The topics we discuss are subject to change, and legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. Now, uh, Rachel, before we begin our discussion, would you please introduce yourself?
1: Hi there, thanks for having me. My name is Rachel Olchauka. I've been an attorney at TransUnion for eight years now. I mostly support our product work in the credit and fraud space and spend a lot of time looking at AI
2: and machine learning as I do that. Rachel, so people think TransUnion is just a credit reporting agency. Can you tell us about different products that TransUnion offers? Yeah, that's right. We are a consumer reporting agency, and that's really our bread and
1: butter. It's it's why we're here. And and the way that a consumer reporting agency works, of course, and most people know this with varying degrees of accuracy, is that we get information that's furnished or provided to us by lenders and financial institutions, lots of different types of businesses. We use that information traditionally to create Consumer credit risk models. But as you can imagine, we don't just get in information about payments that are late or on time and delinquencies and number of accounts. We get a ton of indicative or personal information. Think about it. The banks use this indicative information to ensure that they're maintaining files on the right consumers. And we use that information to connect the different credit information and payment information. To the right consumer, getting the right consumer in in credit reporting is really critical. And so we have credit scores, of course, we offer services, not just for sort of traditional financial services, customers, but also in healthcare, insurance, and other areas. We do a lot of this stuff globally. So we're not limited just to the United States. And as you can imagine, that indicative information has lots of use beyond just credit. And so a big fraud business started from that need to ensure that we were talking about the right consumer at the right time.
2: I'm sure every, people are very creative creative at different ways to perpetuate fraud. What are different types of fraud that uh, TransUnion deals with?
1: Generally, we think about first party fraud and third party fraud. With first party fraud, a person misrepresents who they are to, just to be general, get money that they don't intend to repay. Third party fraud is a little different. It's where a person or a fraud cooperative, as you could imagine, uses someone else's identity to take over an account or open an account in another person's name. We also think about subtypes of fraud that are really defined on the behavior. There's bust-out fraud, synthetic fraud, and account takeover fraud. We help our customers fight all of these different types of fraud with a variety of different models, scores, and products.
2: Now, do these models use AI to detect fraud? They do.
1: Almost all models now use AI. Back in the day, we would hand score models. We actually had analysts who would hand score models as complex as consumer credit risk models. Now, almost everything is AI. With the invention of software that enabled us to more quickly identify correlations between behaviors and fraud, and the different types of fraud, of course, we were in the AI business very early on. Now, there are many different methods of AI and machine learning that we can use to find correlations between these behaviors and fraud. We've got newer technologies as well, like facial recognition and biometrics. The one thing that they have in common is that they all
2: use AI. And I'm sure in using AI, uh, the AI needs to be trained to detect fraud, to detect different correlations in different technologies. How do you guys do that?
1: Question. There are many, many different ways. So we have lots of different types of data and we're training the models off of the data, right? Because with fraud, we can only identify it once we understand what it is. At least that was the traditional way of identifying and working to help prevent fraud for our customers. So we're using a variety of different models on a variety of different types of data. And we have really a huge number of different products and services and models, even custom models to help our customers identify the types of fraud that they experience most.
2: Right, and I guess the whole point to this, um, to using these models is to identify different types of fraud so you can catch that fraud in the future before it occurs. That's very interesting. So, Rachel, can you tell me maybe about different uh, pitfalls that you experienced when using AI to detect fraud? So the most challenging thing about AI
1: or the thing that's really missing potentially when you over rely on AI is the human element. So, you know, looking back to the olden days where we had folks hand scoring models, there is an ability to use that human judgment to identify if there's something a little bit off. AI loses that a little bit if you take the human beings out of it. So we leave the human beings in. We use AI to develop these models But we have teams and teams of engineers and analysts who work with our customers to tweak models to ensure that the right number of good customers, consumers, are getting through. Uh, You don't want to increase friction on good consumers or the folks who are who they say they are. You really want to try to eliminate fraud or reduce it as much as possible quickly while also letting good consumers through.
2: So what you're saying is that you still need a human aspect to it to determine if AI potentially gives you a wrong result, where the actual consumer is uh, is being thought as a as a that's right, and our consumers or our customers
1: will let us know right away if we are if we have too high a false positive rate, if we are flagging good consumers, and of course, this is a real challenge for our customers. We spend a lot of time thinking about how to let good consumers through and how to reduce those false positive rates. If you lose a good consumer on a frustrating fraud check, many of us myself included, have failed fraud checks when we are who we say we are. And that's incredibly frustrating. It's also very hard to get those consumers back. So you don't get a lot of opportunities to alienate good consumers. The greatest pitfall in all of fraud prevention is that false positive rate and the alienation or failure to get through for good consumers.
2: So as uh, TransUnion is moving to these AI models, how did did that affect your business practice?
1: AI makes us faster. It makes us more nimble. We can help our customers to prevent types of fraud that don't even have names. So in, in the olden days, we used to identify fraud patterns by observing them and then giving them names. Here's an example. Synthetic fraud is a type of third-party fraud where fraudsters combine real and made-up identity elements. Sometimes they start with feeder accounts so they they have a legitimate account and then they create authorized users under that account to create credit profiles for non-existent humans. This is an incredibly challenging type of fraud to identify. But we, uh, we observed it. Our customers observed it. They let us know that this was a problem. We read about it in the literature. And then we had to find a way to identify it. So, so you can hear that this is a bit of a reactive cycle. We hear about a type of fraud. We learn about a type of fraud. We identify a pattern. Then we go to the data. We have many different types of data. We go into the data. We identify characteristics that are predictive of fraud. So you look at A file of consumers, real or fake, in a depersonalized way to identify the things that lead up to the fraud so that you can create a model to try to prevent it or detect it ahead of time. Of course, again, it's reactive. It's slow. You wait for the type of fraud to exist, to be insidious enough that it has a name and widespread enough that it has a name, and then you set your sights on identifying those behaviors and preventing it. But that takes time with AI and with machine learning, we're now entering a world where we have the ability to help our customers to prevent fraud types that don't yet have names that aren't yet so widespread that we would be even starting the process of trying to detect and identify those behaviors, which would lead us down the road to be able to assist in preventing those types of fraud. So it makes us faster and more nimble and, again, able to prevent types of fraud before they become so widespread that they're a real problem for our customers.
2: Right. And I'm sure it helps your business now that you're detecting fraud in a forward-looking way as opposed to the backward-looking way.
1: Another way that it helps our business is we've moved beyond just looking at personal information or in some cases, credit information to identify fraud. We're now in the device risk space. And so we can look at fraud on merchants, folks who are coming into websites and e-commerce. So critical now in COVID when we have fewer people going in and opening accounts or making purchases in person. And we can look at the characteristics or elements of a device, things like the device ID or the IP location, even things like, the language in the keyboard and the, the ability to identify fraud is expanding even into biometrics and the way that consumers legitimate consumers and fraudsters use devices and we've seen that those patterns are different when you have the ability to look at device data and device use To predict fraud. When you combine that with the way that we do it is we have a consortium model where our customers contribute information about the way that devices are used and situations where they have identified and confirmed fraudulent behavior. All this information is fed into a consortium for the benefit of all the customers who use the service. We're identifying fraud so quickly and so many different types of fraud. And we use machine learning to constantly evolve and improve those services. It really has expanded the way that we can help our customers identify,
2: detect, and prevent fraud. That's great to hear, Rachel. I'm sure the customers appreciate that. Uh, So in terms of AI, where do you think the credit reporting agencies will go with AI in the future?
1: So I think AI is here to stay. I think it will continue to get more and more sophisticated. The challenge in credit reporting, and this matters in fraud as well, but is critical in credit reporting, is explainability. So consumers have to understand why they were denied credit or why they were offered credit at a high APR, for example. With fraud, it's important that we are able to communicate to our customers the fraud types and trends and the types of fraud that we're detecting and preventing. It's important for our customers to know that as well because it's not just the fraud tools and services that help to identify fraud. You can imagine that there are many different types of programs Programs that customers can put in place different types of authentication to prevent fraud on their own end. There will always be a tension, though, as we move toward more and more use of AI between the, the speed and nimbleness that we have when we use AI and the human element and so that tension between the use of AI and the use of the human brain will always exist. I think we'll get even more vivid as there are more different types of AI and machine learning tools to use to prevent fraud. <sighs> Ultimately, though, it makes us faster. It makes our models more explainable, which is critical, and it enables our customers to reduce fraud and use those savings to innovate, to bring new services to market, to be able to serve new markets, new types of consumers. We see this as a really important part of our mission, which is information for good,
2: helping consumers, helping our customers, and reducing fraud. Oh, well, Thank you, Rachel. This was very, very informative. Uh, and thank you also to our guests and listeners for joining us. Any final notes? Nothing from me. Oh, well, In that case, I would like to thank everyone again for joining this episode of AI Chats. You can find today's episode and future ones on major podcast platforms such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon.
0: Our podcasts and relevant articles about artificial intelligence are also located at the firm's AI and deep learning practice page, which can be found at haynesboon.com.
2: Our practice page also contains contact information for all the lawyers in the practice group. Please feel free to reach out to any of us if you'd like to suggest topics for future AI chat episodes. Take care all.